Yeah, it's a new week, a new day, and a new time to talk about football. I mean, like I always say, when is not a great time to talk about our beautiful sport. But yeah, um, international break, no club football until like what, next week. So it's probably, most likely boring weekend. But at the same time, a lot of topics to get through and talk about. So yeah, on that note, I welcome you to the Fire Reasons Football Podcast. I'm your host, Francis. And this is the podcast where you get some facts, some stats, some opinions, and some thoughts as well on some football topics around the world. So if you love the game like myself... Um, this is the place for you to be honest, so please ensure you stay around, or stick around rather, and listen to the episode, leave a like, leave a comment, share, subscribe, and do all that good stuff, because please. <laughs> so yeah, um, this episode is going to be 5 reasons why international break affects players negatively. Yeah, it's that time once again that no football fan actually likes um, the international break. And even though we're going to watch the games, I mean, we're still football fans, mind you, we also prefer our clubs, or to watch our club or team, Slug it out to the demonic Shondash low block on the 12.30 kickoff on Saturday afternoon. So yeah, it's going to be a very boring weekend. I don't think a lot of football fans are huge fans of international break. I mean, I'm not. And also, I don't think a lot of players are as well. I mean, because really and truly, the manner in which the break occurs does not really favor players, if I'm being honest. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of these players love the opportunity to play for their countries because, you know, it's a very huge honor. But like I said, the manner in which the international break occurs or is set up isn't really favorable. I saw a tweet recently um, from another concerned football fan and it's not really a bad idea to be honest. The tweet says, Petition to abolish international breaks. Have domestic season end sooner and play all qualifiers across six weeks, the year before a tournament. So basically, a qualifying tournament before the actual tournament. So yeah, um, makes a lot of sense, a little bit to be honest, you know. Now this gives fans what they want as well as some players which is non-stop club football with the required breaks in between obviously. But then the problem with this is that the players who aren't really regulars in the national team won't really have the chance opportunity to get caught up when they are playing well. Because you are playing a qualifier before the actual tournament in a period of six weeks, you want to call your most trusted players and your best players. So guys that don't really get called up but are playing well must or might not really get that chance. So yeah, there are two sides to everything. At the end of the day, there has to be a solution to the international break schedule. Um, but I mean, to be fair though, it's been working for what, however many years and no one has really... Well, people have complained, but I mean, nothing has changed. But what I think personally, uh, also based off what I've seen as well, um, it could have some negative effects on players and here are my reasons why. The international break can be a nightmare for teams that finally found form and started getting results. I mean, this tends to happen a lot and... Off the top of my head, I can think of two examples alone from last season and um, they are Chelsea as well as Leicester City. Um, Leicester City getting relegated was probably one of the last things on my mind or even anyone else's mind to be honest. Um, even though I saw them in the red zone for a lot of the time last season, I still felt that okay, they had the squad, they had the quality to find their way out. And truly, really and truly, you can't really blame me. I mean, they were a side that what, won the Community Shield won the FA Cup and finished one point below fourth place in 2021. So yeah, them relegating less than two years later was not even a thought in my mind. Anyways, they relegated last season after a really poor start, it must be said. And really and truly, after 38 games rights in a season, wherever you find yourself, whether it be first, second, 19th or 20th, you probably deserve it. Um, but I can't help but wonder 
that what if there was not a World Cup in the middle of the season? Leicester might still be a Premier League team this season, and here's why. Last season, um, Leicester City started the season with one win in their first 90 games. That's like what, three points from 27. <laughs> That's so terrible, oh my god. In their last six games before the World Cup, right, they won four, drew one, and lost one. That's like what, 13 points from 18. So essentially, they found their form. And in the midst of this hot form, the World Cup just came and they did not play EPL football for over a month. Now, Leicester's last game before the World Cup was on the 12th of November and they won that game as well against West Ham, 2-0. Um, their next EPL game came on Boxing Day, which they lost and could not recover as they only got one point from the next four games. Now, you may say the World Cup thing was unconventional, it won't happen again because you know it was Qatar, the heat and all of that, they had to play the World Cup in December. Fair point. Um, but then, I would like to present Chelsea Football Club to you as a counterpoint. <laughs> I feel like a lawyer right now. Um, Chelsea were terrible last season. I mean, death is inevitable. You have to pay taxes. The sky is blue. What else is new? I'm right with you, But yeah, um, they won their first game of this year in mid-January. That was like on the 15th, right? Um, and after that win, they were winless for almost two months. And then finally, finally, they won a game. And then they made it back-to-back wins as well. A knockout game against Dortmund in Champions League. Very, very well done. And then after that game, they went on to play Leicester. They won 3-1 as well, making it three wins on the spin. It looked like, you know, Graham Potter has gotten it right. Chelsea are back and all of that. And then the game just before the international break against Everton. Chelsea were winning and then, you know, they considered the 89 minute equaliser against Everton and settled for a draw. That kind of game is a game that you want to correct as soon as possible, you know, ASAP. You can't wait to play the next game and make up for all of it. But then, they give you general markets. They say, Alpha, you calm down. Next game is in two weeks. Go and play for your country. <laughs> and after that break, Chelsea only won one game out of 13 in all competitions. So yeah, we all know that story went. And now, something similar might happen again this season. And you may ask me why. <laughs> so here's why. The Blues. Chelsea Football Club, you know, started the season quite decent against Liverpool at home. You know, a 1-1 one draw. But it looked like Chelsea, you know, played really good football, just didn't take their chances and all of that kind of stuff. So you felt that, oh, Chelsea are back this season. And then West Ham was the next game. They lost that one. Um, Lutzing was the next game after that. They won unexpectedly. And then the next three games, against Forest, they lost. Against Bournemouth, they drew. And against Villa, they lost as well. And they are back again thinking, it's just more of the same from last season. And then finally, at home, um, in the EFL Cup against Brighton, a strong side as well. Chelsea won one new. The next game against Fulham, Chelsea won that one as well. The next game after that, against Burnley, Chelsea won that one as well. Now you are thinking, Chelsea have found form, things are clicking, players are working hard, everything is going well. And then you just come and give general market. Bam! They are pick two, pick three. <laughs> um, international break, go and play for your country. And now, the whole form, the whole, you know, fire, everyone is on fire, just gets put out immediately. And then you resume club football or domestic football with a game at home against Arsenal. Oh wow. I want to see what happens. I really hope they don't put me inside pain because it's club. But yeah, we'll be alright. But on the flip side, people might say the break is a good time for teams with terrible form to reset and go back to the drawing board to get things right. So yeah, I guess there's always two sides to a coin. The next reason is kind of like a combination of, you know, two reasons and it's players going for the break and returning with, you know, injuries or fatigue. 
A break in the middle of the season just means more games. And more games means higher possibility of getting injured. Sometimes, <laughs> it feels like players get injured more during the break than the actual season. But really and truly, I haven't really seen, you know, any much backup or data, you know, to just kind of back that claim up. I think the major thing here is that, as a fan, when you see a player from your club get injured playing for his country, mind you, a country you're not from, I mean, it could be very, very annoying. Just like, why did you have to go and play? But yeah, it happens and it's what it is. Um, but at the same time, I want to use last season or last year up until this year as an example. Um, playing a lot of games are not really be the problem, but at the same time it probably is because you know a lot of players complain about it. But the very big problem, in my own opinion, is playing a lot of games back to back, you know, in quick succession. From last year, we've seen so many injuries to players, and a lot of them, you know, are long-term ones as well. A lot of players played too many games than usual last season. Um, for example, right, Kyle Saka played almost 60 games in the space of 10 months last season. Rodri of Man City played over 60 games in a similar time frame. Bruno Fernandes and Rashford also, you know, they played over 60 games within that same time frame. Now you may say this is normal for the star players in the team, you know, fighting on all fronts, which is true to be honest. But at the same time, a lot of these games are played back to back and then when you consider travel, training, recovery, it's a whole lot. But yeah, like I said earlier, um, I don't think there's enough data, or at least I haven't seen enough data, you know, to kind of suggest that international break brings more injuries for players. But at the same time, it's last to consider the points that I mentioned earlier. So yeah. And the last reason why international break um, can affect players negatively is that it causes or can cause a drop in confidence for some players. Um, now what I mean is, say for example, a player is from all the big countries, a lot of stars like France, Germany or England, you know, that player is playing well and then he or she doesn't get called up. It could do a lot of damage to their confidence and make them feel, what else do I have to do to get called up, you know? But then for some players, it could be like motivation, you know, to the point where, okay, I'll show you what you're missing out on. So yeah, like I always say, or like I've said, there are two sides to everything. But the fact remains that um, this is a beautiful sport that we know and love. Sometimes, it tends to be more psychological than physical. My physical, I mean the actual football that is being played on the pitch or on the field. You know, sometimes the difference between a quote-unquote average player and a quality player is confidence. We've all seen, you know, cases of players topping the goal-scoring tables and doing things you wouldn't think they could actually do in a normal day, simply because, you know, they are confident in that moment and everything is going their way. I mean, a prime example of that would be uh, Marcus Rashford. Now, before my fans come for me, but to be fair, a lot of them even like the guy. <laughs> see what's going on in the club. We love to see it. But yeah, I'm not saying Rashford is not a quality player. But what I'm saying is the only difference between his best season at United and his worst season is just confidence. I mean, having the mindset that any skill, any shot, any pass, anything you try is going to come off. That was the difference from Marcus Rashford. When England's World Cup score was released last year and um, Ivan Tony's name was not there, he responded with two goals against City the following game. However, that may not be the same case for all players or for some players because really and truly, uh, missing out on your country's squad list when everyone knows you are playing well is very painful. And then seeing that your replacement never gets any game time in his own club is now worse. Yes, Gareth North, sorry, West, mm, sorry, Gareth Southgate, yes. And every other guy or manager that does like that, I'm talking to you. At the end of the day, um, the schedule or the format of international break is not going to change, it's going to remain the same. But if I up to you to change how it works, what would you do? Let me know in the comment section.
and as always please follow me on social media um on x at francis the alien and on ig with the same handle as well francis the alien only thing that ain't francis is a v so yeah thank you for listening and see you again next week wednesday